Hey everyone, Shah Jahan here. We have another great bonus episode for you. You'll all remember Tanzila Ahmed from episode four. Taz is an artist, writer, political activist, and co-host of the Good Muslim, Bad Muslim podcast series. She's worked at the intersections of South Asianness and Muslimness and political organizing for decades. In fact, she was 22 years old and a new resident in D.C. when 9-11 happened. These are her reflections of the last 20 years in her own voice. Thanks, Shaj, for letting me creep my Sharia all over your podcast. I've been reflecting a lot on the 20-year anniversary and cringed when I was asked in an interview last month to talk about where I was on September 11th and how it felt to be Muslim American. In response, I wrote the following piece on my Substack, which you can find at tazistar.substack.com. Here I am reading you the piece. Enjoy. I don't want to talk about how I felt as a Muslim American on September 11th. I want to talk about how I organized a nation of South Asian youth to turn out to vote in the first election after September 11th so that we could reclaim our power. It was awful and we did something about it. I don't want to talk about how the world tried to victimize and scapegoat us in the same hypocritical breath. I want to talk about how hard we had to work to remind ourselves of our resilience and why we deserved to live with joy and faith. To talk about 9-11 means talking about how it was before 2001. When as a teen I mentioned how I wanted to get involved in South Asian activism, people would suggest various programs in India and Bangladesh. To be a college kid in the late 90s meant going to Indian parties, the type of parties where the Punjabi kids would get into fistfights in the parking lot and no one would fill out a voter registration form. To be a Muslim Student Association member in college meant to only focus on the spiritual and not a bit on social justice, unless it was Palestine or Kashmir. There was no place for activism for a brown Muslim kid as a brown Muslim American. It wasn't just that the mainstream was othering us, is that as brown people, we were othering ourselves. We exoticized ourselves. We only valued ourselves through homeland politics and homeland narratives. There was no room to organize at the intersections of being brown and domestic issues. I found my activism through environmentalism and electoral politics. I tried, really tried, to find a way to intersect social justice with Muslim and South Asian American communities, But it was an impossible task until September 11th happened, because then it was so clear how South Asians and Muslims lack the political community power and cultural capital in America to truly react powerfully to what was happening around us. And only then, South Asian and Muslim organizers and activists that were gaining skills in other movement spaces decided we needed to make a South Asian American activist space happen. Only then can we talk about 9-11. We didn't just organize a community, but we built the foundation of the structure as we were flying the plane. As Muslim Americans, we are asked to reflect on this day every year, and every year they want us to replay the trauma of what our community felt in that moment on that day. We are asked our opinion on foreign policy. We are asked to verify our belief in our faith and reconfirm our place on the racialized hierarchy. We are asked if we are the good kind or the bad kind. 
this year, I'm reflecting on how culture shifted and how we made the culture shift. The thing they don't tell you about aging is that you can look back at the past 20 years and literally track the culture shifts. I'm not talking about storytelling, making art, punk shows, walking tours, movies, books, dance parties, mixtapes, blogs, and podcasts. I'm talking about all of those together. We made our own culture and we did it for the culture. We made people think differently and shift the whole of society. What a magnanimous task. We weren't doing it for the activist points. We were reclaiming our humanity and our ability to live on our own terms. We had to remind each other we were humans to each other and that our lives existed in a way that deserved to be lived. The story I usually tell about 2001 is now irrelevant. The audience is too young to feel the impact of my origin story. The older audience too jaded. I am reminded of the feeling of defiance, the gritted teeth chin pointed skyward, feeling the snipers on the DC rooftops looking at you through a scope as you walked on sidewalks, wearing a fuck bush t-shirt through TSA, walking on the streets in protest and marches in in spite, handing out know your rights flyers at markets and stores, acting like a punk and feeling like a rebel, fierce solidarity. We had so much rage. We inserted ourselves in spaces that made people uncomfortable. We were already uncomfortable. We would make our existence uncomfortable for others. The first national voter engagement project for South Asian youth after 9-11, the only outspoken Muslim on the largest South Asian American blog, master in public policy with a focus on critical race theory so that I could learn how to do people of color data, a student-led course on critical race theory at the School of Public Affairs because they didn't have a professor that could teach it, founding organizer of an annual radical Desi youth camp, the first Muslim American woman podcast, five years running, turning out over 500,000 voters in 17 different Asian American languages, a widely popular column with multiple viral essays, part of a Muslim zine collective, multiple poetry open mic spots, multiple groundbreaking anthologies, performed poetry at the White House when I received an award, a protest sign in the archives of the Smithsonian Museum of American History. I hate framing things as first because no one is ever first if you dig into the history, but it's hard being in the first. I didn't have the language of racial justice until my late 20s. Now kids learn about intersectionality on TikTok, We created Bay Area Solidarity Summer simply because we wanted to create the activism training camp that we wish we had access to as kids. That's 10 years of kids now, adults in the world, that leapfrogged into activism access I didn't know I could dream of. Yeah, I'm jealous, but mostly I'm just a little sad that our culture shift work was not seen as significant because time has made culture shift seem so easy. But I remember... And I keep archives and save photos and remind myself that we are making our own history. Our activism wasn't a game. It was a reminder. We are the center of our stories and only we will give ourselves the space to recenter our stories. We deserve to live even when a whole society has dehumanized us to make it easier to see people like us without life. Our existence is valid even when the propaganda tells us we aren't. 
We are neither bad nor good. We are both bad and good. We do not fit into your boxes. We are breaking boxes. We are not confused and hyphenated. We are whole and in our own entirety. This is a journey, and we are laying out a trail of spray can up on us on our path. Never forget. The goalpost is constantly moving, but so are we. I hope you got a little something out of that piece. If you want more, you can follow me at Tazzystar on all the socials. And to read more of my monthly musings, visit tazzystar.substack.com. And of course, you can listen to the entire five years archives of the Good Muslim, Bad Muslim podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Back to you, Shaj. Thank you so much to Taz for lending her voice to our series. We'd still love to hear your reflections of the past 20 years. You can email us or record a message to us directly right on our website, www.refelion.com. Definitely send us a note. From Refelion Media, I'm Shah Jahan Khan. Thank you again.